Radio. You're here with your hostess, Lauren Smith. And tonight I have Mike Ann on of Tactical Bigfoot Research and Where's My Sage podcast. I'm going to be completely honest when I saw the name of their podcast. First of all, I followed them immediately. Second, I was a little bit jealous because that's like the best name for a podcast that I've ever heard in my life. Um, so we're going to have Mike on tonight. We have a lot to talk about. Uh, I'd appreciate if you guys go ahead and hit thumbs up on whatever platform you're using to listen to the show, subscribe, ring the notification bell so you don't miss my shows when they do come out. And uh, if you're in the chat tonight, be polite. And if you have a question for the guest, just put it in all caps and my moderators will get it to me. All right, without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and bring Mike on. You guys remember, hit the thumbs up. That's all I ask. Okay. All right. How you doing tonight, Mike? Good. How are you doing this evening? Fabulous. Fabulous. Um, I always talk about the weather. It is a million degrees here. And you're, we're supposed to be having storms. <laughs> you're in Oklahoma, correct? Mm -hmm. right now? Yep. Yeah. So we have a lot of storms here lately. Um, actually, my boyfriend just got back from Houston and it was clear forecast. And then all of a sudden there was like a mini tornado in his neighborhood and it trashed his entire neighborhood. And it was just like a pop up storm. And that's what we have now um it's kind of scary so anyway um my research partner's floating around in washita's this week so uh that's oh, not nice. a good thing so <laughs> no that's where i was last weekend or this past nice. weekend so um we had a we had a good little bit of activity i had a great time not gonna lie um it's very it's a very active area it's a very active area i have a good friend who uh does a podcast and he's doing research basically he's interviewing researchers from this area and interviewees from this area witnesses and he said without a doubt oklahoma is the most active state in the united states it's weird it pops up on everything lately mm -hmm. yeah know? yeah so it's yeah. awesome yeah um so i always have my standard question and i will go ahead and ask it to get us started what got you into this topic Honest, you're you're gonna laugh when you hear this. So I had a coworker that uh, always joked with us that he was related to to the big hairy guy, oh. and I was homesick and bored one day. So I did a Google search of sightings in our area, and when I did, I found a sighting five miles from me. And as I distributed the newspaper article to my little clique of friends i got a reply back from one friend and he said hey i got two of my guys searching in a park near me and i'm like okay and then another gentleman jumped on uh and he said the new york state releases one bigfoot and one mountain lion and one bigfoot and one wolf and the cats never stay with bigfoot well I retain a lot of goofy information that's usually useless. Mm -hmm. I had talked to another person who worked for our version of DNR in New York, and I'd asked him about mountain lions a few years earlier. And he had said, well, when I worked down in Chautauqua County, which is down near Pennsylvania and the Ohio border, kind of Lake Erie end of things, he said he went to a lot of calls that had some really weird prints and other things that he could never explain. And he said, you know what? I believe in Bigfoot more than I believe in big cats in New York. Yeah. So I end up going out for surgery. I'm sitting around and I end up catching Seth Breedlove's uh, The Beast of White Hawk. 
Right. And that got me digging more. And I ended up in uh, finding a Bigfoot convention in Chautauqua Lake. I ended up running into Ryan Reading, who we were talking about. Yeah. So I I had started watching Ryan's show, uh, his YouTube channel before. And I went out to get some fresh air outside. I was recovering from some surgery and couldn't sit long. And when I was out there, uh, he introduced me to Steve Pulse, the Squatch detective. Mm-hmm. Steve and I chatted for a few minutes. Steve and I had a background in law enforcement and archaeology and anthropology. And uh, he, a couple hours later, sent me a Facebook request and said, hey, do you want to join my team? That's awesome. And a uh, couple of months, we kind of corresponded back and forth. I looked at some stuff up this way, kept watching and looking at more law enforcement sightings, military sightings. And I ended up in the uh, capital region, New York, where Steve was living uh, for a conference. And that afternoon, we went up to Buck Mountain and went on my first, quote unquote, Bigfoot investigation. And we sat there on the mountain and nothing happened. And I said, this is great. This is where I want to be because I was like, if I'm going to go out here and this guy is going to show me something the first five minutes I'm out there, I'm out of here. It, You know, it's it's not going to happen. Um, yep. you know, I grew up taking different nature things. I volunteered at the zoo as a kid. Um, and I spent many summers working there many winters. So summer they worked in the mini zoo winters. I worked in their gift shop, which was right in the primate house. So I had like a oh. big, uh, you know, the, the larger primates in there as well as mm-hmm. some big cats. So, you know, I heard them for many, many years. Um, so got in with Steve. Uh, Steve then introduced me to the guys at Nesra, uh, who were on those original New York episodes of, uh, Monster Quest. Mm-hmm. And, uh, from there he introduced me to Eric Altman and the crew down in Pennsylvania. And I ended up going down to one of Eric's camping events and heard my first set of screams down there and the hook was in. Yeah. Um, I then, and we ended up having another summer outing in, uh, New York, found some prints just little things and just kind of piqued my interest. It was nice to get back out in nature. Uh, found some hair samples, which kind of play into some other stuff that happens years later. Mm-hmm. But I reached out to a buddy of mine that's a biologist and said, hey, take these and tell me what, what we got here. You know, do we have bear? Do we have something else? Or, hey, there were little prints and there were big prints. Do yeah. I have an unknown creature. And uh, it is spiraled out of control. Uh, been done research in New York and Vermont and Massachusetts and been mm-hmm. to North Carolina and a couple of trips with my boy Matt from uh, Central Florida Bigfoot. We've been down there and uh, he got in the glades and some other things. Uh, even got out with a thermal camera manufacturer to play around. So nice. it's been a great adventure and met yeah. some wonderful folks along the way. That's awesome. Um, Got to work with Seth Breedlove and his guys mm-hmm. at Small Town Monsters and uh, did a, a, a couple of things up in New York with them. So, Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so I guess I had a question about um, the anthropology and archaeology. Um, so you were already into that before you got into the Bigfoot thing? Yeah. So during college, you know, senior year, crazy man, I, uh, working on my, my criminal justice degree, specialized in terrorism back in the, you know, gazillion years ago, that wasn't a thing. <laughs> um, pledge of fraternity at the same time. And I'm, I need to pick up a minor and try mm-hmm. to major in both criminal justice and archaeology and anthropology at the same time. Cause they you know, want to do the forensic thing. 
I mean, you can't have one without the other. It, no. And, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the advisor in the anthropology department, you know, is like, hey, you can do a minor in this because we don't want to kill you trying to do this and mm -hmm. work three jobs and everything. And it, it amazing how those professors kind of pushed my area. Um, I was really big into hand tools and that kind of comes into the tactical Bigfoot thing because mm -hmm. I started making tactical knives and survival kind of stuff for military and law enforcement guys, which gets me into talking to more folks at, at knife shows and survivalists like friends at Naked and Afraid. So right. the whole anthropology <laughs> and archaeology thing is there. Uh, I'm actually getting ready to go back and finish out my museum studies degree. And when I got ready to do that, come to find out one of those professors I had almost 30 years ago now um specialized in primate dermoglyphics what and are the odds it, yeah where was this guy you know i sat yeah. in class one of my favorite professors you know and i know by the time i get ready to go back to school he's you know we're talking 30 years he's probably yeah. ready to go but uh, i put alexander petikoff in touch with him because they had found some prints up there in alaska and yeah. he's like oh well, you need to go look at grover krantz's stuff and i'm like what is the odds? Yeah. That a guy that I, you know, admired in school and, you know, is now, you know, go check this book out. Check that book out. It's just one of those crazy, crazy things, you know. Mm -hmm. um, it's just it's just been an adventure. My whole being in this whole thing is just right. spike things going back to things, you know. Um, so it's come into play quite a bit in your research. Yes, yes, yes. It's, it's, you know, like I said, I look at hand tools, cultural stuff. Um, it was such a diverse, you know, trying to pack that all in and now going back and really looking at the museum stuff um, mm -hmm. has really been a, an interesting part of the, the research part of this, this Bigfoot thing, you know, the, the cultural aspects. So. Have you had any, um, any, just really enlightening moments about the cultural aspects of the. So, yeah, that's uh, an interesting uh, thing. My, my research partner does a lot with the, uh, the native community um, and uh, taking all the things. What's up, Jeremiah? <laughs> you, you got, you got everybody here. I see, I you know, do. the Hellbent Holler crew. I see Sean's there. I mean, so. Always a man. You got everybody. JB, Jonathan, oh, Jonathan Dodd. Dodd. <laughs> All our friends are in here. The whole, in there. The and whole clubhouse is almost yeah, here. <laughs> that was, you know, that was last, you know, two weeks ago there at, at Monster Fest. It was interesting yeah. to finally get to meet everybody and, oh, and you I know sit across gone. the table and yeah, it it was it was surreal to have yeah you know um, you know we were missing a couple of you and mm -hmm. um, you know those again. The, the the whole energy from that whole time crazy thing you got tommy yeah. gill up there tommy i'm getting ready to do a paranormal thing with him in two weeks it's just that's awesome it's it's crazy and and joey there from bigfoot atheist inquirer he actually uh he's a witness took me to his location mm -hmm. and uh we'll kind of get into some of his stuff in a little bit too awesome awesome well i'm so, uh next year by god yes. next year i'm going i the, i there's a special reason you may want to be there next year Oh, okay. Good to know. Good to know. Um, I've also, you know, Beachfoot is another one that I, I went, I loved it, want to get back. And it's just life. Uh, life has not allowed me to do so. So those are my goals for next year. Um, 
normal people have goals like, you know, buy a new car, get a new job. And I'm like, I have to go to all the cryptid fests, yes. <laughs> all of them. <laughs> I, There's so many. You know, the, the Hellbent Holler crew and I, we usually go to a big knife show that week in Atlanta. And yeah. it was like, uh, cryptid folks or, yeah. you know, it's yeah. uh, make money, spend money. Make yeah money, ah, i'm gonna go see the friends that's how it's gonna yeah. be yeah you know? i mean this group is such a good group the cryptid community is just yes phenomenal um you're like they're just like you they're all really kind um and really intelligent and i just i love our cryptid community so much um i miss going to clubhouse a little bit um but, you <coughs> greg <know>. jeremiah <clears throat> i know Greg, Greg shared Greg, Greg shared our thing to his story the other day, and I was like, yes, he oh, well, hello, sir. Yeah, <laughs> he, he's just north of me over the border. Um, yeah. I'm in the western part of New York, so he's just over a little north of Niagara Falls, and I'm about, about an hour and a half from there. Mm -hmm. And it's like, he's like, come on. He's sending me pictures from his cabin north of yeah. Ontario, and I'm like... I need to go there, but we've got all these wildfires. I need to go there. Yeah. I need my gear with me, but I want to go. I mean, just go. Just yeah. go. It's like, it's not even that far. I mean, come on. No, it's not. I say that. There's I mean, the man. I see him in your yeah, chat Greg. there again. There you are, buddy. So, Greg, yes. we love you so and, very, very much. And Jeremiah, yes, it was a special time, and you guys are awesome. So, yeah. that's where we got to meet. So, yeah. Okay, um, so I had a question, how the anthropology and archaeology, the cultural aspects, how that has come into play in your Bigfoot research. Have you had any enlightening moments about that? So we've been doing some digging. Um, COVID kind of screwed things up, and I'm only going to say that word once because I don't want them, you know, banning, hashtag, hitting that Thank button you. or whatever, and, you know. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> yeah, I know it ruined a couple of shows. Um, but... Uh, we were going to start hitting the local museums and really start doing a deep dive. And when I started doing research on my local area, I started looking at the historical accounts here mm -hmm. and found a, uh, the story of my area, you know, uh, that was written in the 1800s. And it talks about a big hairy man. It talks about a flying head and it talks about a giant snake and going in and looking at those original stories and in the cultural stuff in this area you know like you mentioned we do where's my sage uh mm -hmm. and we kind of look at a lot of different energy stuff and you know cultural things and in my area of new york i mean we've got the the birth of spiritualism uh mormonism and the seneca nation all within like 20 miles like literally north to south on one yeah. row and if you plant the Sighting stuff, if you use like Scott's Bigfoot Mapping Project map and, and really take a look at how those things go, it's just, it's crazy. And then we started looking at some of the mounds and where the sightings are. And, and again, being able to take a look at the maps that are there and look at the historical maps, it's 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 awesome. Um, we got a couple of friends that, you know, that are librarians and asking them to really help me dig, you know, deep dive right. into that pre-internet stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think that's awesome. I'm trying to get them to talk to more folks that have had, you know, the, the aspects of where we're at. Uh, we have multiple reservations in the area. Sometimes it's not so easy to get on, but we have some folks that are there and have connections. We're trying to get that. That's awesome. So, um, 
I, I, we're trying different ways the, right. the best we can. And I, I, I don't stick with one group. If we all have something to offer, um, mm -hmm. you know, when I do my, my talks and stuff, your background, my background, somebody else's background is going to be a little bit different. That guy driving a, uh, the newspaper delivery guy or the garbage man at four o'clock in the morning, making their rounds, they're going to notice the neighborhood different than an artist is going to see. You know? Definitely. It, it, so whatever I can take, folks always have an amazing way of bringing us different information. So I'm always trying to find the cultural aspects of what people are picking up on. Yeah, uh, that's awesome. I think that, uh, I mean, you nailed it. We each have a different way of doing things that can bring, that can shed light on this topic. Um, you know, that's what I was telling uh, Jeremiah recently. I said, you know, um, I don't believe that other Bigfoot podcasters are my competition necessarily. I believe that I can interview you and then Jeremiah can interview you and they're going to be two completely different interviews because our interviewing styles are so different. It's the same with research. Our researching styles are all so different most of the time. Um, that's why I focus on the researcher is to bring uh, different ideas to the table and their experiences to match because like my mom um, she has a completely different way of researching than a lot of other people I research with. Um, and she's had 20 years of sightings and experiences. So, I mean, what works for her may not work for everyone else, but, you know, it works for her. So she's right. going to keep doing it. <laughs> you know, and, and I'm blessed that, you know, I have I have two biologists on the team. Um, mm -hmm. One of them that had an encounter with a Mopinguari in South America, and he's former military special forces units. Mm -hmm. and in combat medic so he looks at things totally different but he's an entomologist the other mm -hmm. one's a you know a zoologist and uh, i really can't go into some of the other stuff he does just because yeah. of who he works for right. um but you know i get in a car with him and i get a science lesson every time i get mm -hmm. in so i'm like that first year college kid going hey what about this and they just kind of look at me like really i can't oh, believe like you're saying that and then they're like well what do you think about this structure over here and you're like okay well you know this kind of here but let's mm -hmm. all have the other two have military backgrounds i worked with some co military contractors for a while so looking mm -hmm. at the tactics of of how things are and covering concealment sometimes is a little different then some other folks would look at things, but we yeah. all can bring something, you know, that's why I love going down to Florida and hanging out with, with Matt from central Florida, because you get a guy on a camera that knows how to run a camel a camera and a gimbal. I was, was going to say gimbal. You know, if you see my show, we said gimbal <laughs> so many times we made it a drinking game. Oh, there you go. Hence why there's always water next to me now because <laughs> I say the word too much. Right. But Matt showing me how to use that really showed me that, how to get away from that that bouncy shot all the time you're gonna get something he's running a 500 millimeter zoom on a digital camera recording video and not doing the still and yeah. it is it's cinematography every time he's going in so mm -hmm. when he goes back and looks it's totally different on a lot of different things that are there so yeah i mean that's that's a good point because we have people that uh handle audio very differently you know like we have the old school that listen to their audio straight through you know 32 hours of crickets and frogs. And then we have the ones who use audacity and programs, um, the way they capture it's different. Uh, but yeah, learning, cause I consider myself an independent researcher and going with different groups and learning how they do it and kind of picking the best of each one, um, yep. is something I've done for years. You know, I, I had a long talk with, with Ron Moorhead and we'd done another podcast and I'm like, 
you know, everybody's out running around with digital recorders now. I go, what mm -hmm. did you use? He used tape back there. That was all mm -hmm. picked up on tape. That's and what I, my mother used. <laughs> yeah, I, I went out and bought a cheap tape recorder to take with me in the woods because it mm -hmm. has no filters. It doesn't have yeah. all the noise canceling and everything. Mm -hmm. I I gave it to, to Alexander Petikoff and Eli Watson because Paul Bartholomew gave him like like the the mecca of tapes from like everything he ever yeah. recorded. So the old Sony, you know, it was like yeah. you know, Memrax tapes. And they both looked at me like, what is this? And we're like, like what, you how do need I play this, this <laughs> to play this? Yeah. And you have to run it in, you know, and I'm like, yeah. oh, but I'm like, you know, Ron and I are like, yeah, you're going to pick up a totally different thing. I mean, mm -hmm. that's why, I mean, you know, I, I run the Merlin bird apps from Cornell. because oh, that's I my can, favorite thing in the whole world. <laughs> I usually watch that thing, what's going on. Yeah, yeah, you know? it's, it's phenomenal. Um, Actually, recently, this past weekend, I was in the woods with my mom researching and I pulled up my app and there was a, um, oh, what was it? There was some bird we were listening to and she was like, oh, that's a such and such. That's a such and such. And she kept saying it. And I'm like holding my little app. And I like walked over to the creek and held it really close. And that app is pretty sensitive. It can pick up birds like the barest peep. It's like, yep. oh, that's a tufted titmouse or whatever. It would not pick up this bird at all. And I mean, and it, the bird sounded kind of funky. Like it wasn't. Anyway, it would not pick up this bird. And I just kept looking at her. I'm like, okay, I said, I believe you. But Merlin says that it's not that. So. Well, and a nice thing, if you're using the Merlin, you've got a recording that whole day right exactly. there. Exactly. Yeah. And now exactly. you can go back, throw it in yes. Audacity. And then you're like, hey, what is See this? What yeah. Well, I'm going to save it, send it to David or I'm going to send it to Chris Spencer. And mm -hmm. hey, or am I going to get, guys, can you, you take a look at this? And does like, it near yeah. anything? But you've already gone through and debunked. Mm -hmm. hours yeah the, of driving um, around in a car with the auxiliary pointed in and you know yeah. pulling your hair out of your head oh my gosh it yeah the, it's just the, uh, the old school way of doing things if sometimes meshing old school with new school is the best way to go um like you said oh. the yeah that too put it on my neck you know good old-fashioned nope yeah, I got to get yeah. used to your, your green screens on on your program compared to mine. You know, I don't lose everything all the time. Uh -huh. <laughs> but a good old fashioned notebook. How many people actually take notes anymore or take notes uh, when they're doing their recording? Well, I do, you know? but I use the notes app on my phone um, yep. so, um, because I'll be out there and I'll just, you know, reach over and grab my phone and I'll just document um, different things that are happening to us. Because by the time I get home on Sunday, I'm wiped out because I've been up all night. And then, you know, people are like, what happened while you're out there? And I'm like, um, we had a rock thrown, I think, um, weird feeling, weird, weird noise. I don't know. And it's like, and then like throughout the week, I remember more and more. So I've just started writing it down. Um, but I was going to say Doug Highcheck. I had talked to him and he was doing, um, kind of a little project and when you get back to the old school recorders, not necessarily the tape recorders, but the old school um, Olympus and such, yeah. they've changed them. And so now they don't pick up lower frequencies. And he said, if you go back and listen to your audio from like an old school Olympus years and years ago, you can hear infrasound on it versus now the digital recorders don't pick it up because they filter it out. Um, so trying to find one of those old Olympuses. You, yeah. So they used to be 20, 30 bucks. Now 
outrageous. Yep. They are so expensive. And uh, my mom, so she went back after that show with Doug. She was like, well, I'm going to go check my recordings. And she said she had a few that had this kind of wub, 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 wub on it that she thought was just artifact noise or, you know, like a helicopter or something weird on the recording. She then compared it to what was going on in camp at the time and realized that it was probably infrasound or something, you know, along those lines that she caught, but she didn't know about that then. And uh, anyway, it was really fascinating that, you know, your equipment can. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I mean, if you look at Joe and Jesse Hellbent, you know, I just happened to see him in the corner of my screen. Joe went and got a hold of a scientific company and got like a biological research infrasound detector. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so they can actually live look at the crazy stuff, you know, when they're going. I was like, I got to get one of those next, you know, but you're like, it was designed. I think he said it was designed to look for elephants and people are yeah. using for start. So, yeah, the tech is just it's crazy, which, you know, and that's just it. What can you get from this? Where do you go? You know, mm -hmm. um, I mean, it's just it's just so crazy. Yeah, it's uh, we're we're making we're making strides slowly. Um, I don't know if you caught my show with Stephen James last time, but he was talking about um, basically a group that is doing, um, they're documenting all the animal calls and everything, or all species. And then basically what the goal is, is to use their um, software and their equipment. And you can, in live real time, triangulate a noise in camp triangulate this noise and find out right then and there what it is or isn't um so that's the goal of the software that he's been researching and it's live right now it's been it's being used by biologists everywhere so or some scientists so that's that's cool i went and got i hunt calls mm -hmm. so i can look and compare with the audacity what's out right. there so on top of using merlin using that app yeah. to turn around and visually look at everything like that. Just uh, give me a minute while I go ahead and write that down. <laughs> I hate to be one of those people that's like, oh, there's an app for that. But all I'm sorry, if there's a tool that's going to like help me be a better researcher and no more calls, no more species out there, I'm going to I'm going to use it. Yeah, I, I use it. All the time, I use it all for demonstrations. You know, you get mm -hmm. like a, a bull alligator, and they're like, "Oh, that's it!" And you're like, "No, folks, that's a bull alligator." You know, it's, yeah, it's there, and it, you know, you know what we hear on TV sometimes is not, you know, mm -hmm. what's out there. It's just really crazy. It's, I, I mean, I absolutely love it um, yeah. for looking things. You know, it's it's got a couple of exotics on there. I mean, there's always that search on YouTube for for mm -hmm. known things. You yeah. know, like I said, as a kid working in the, or volunteering in the zoo. And hearing those big, you know, the big primates go, mm -hmm. given sounds. Yeah. I mean, that's that's my go-to for most things that I've heard up here in the Northeast. You know, it's either barred owl or it has that kind of that given role to it. So, mm -hmm. Yeah. The first time I heard owl calls in the woods that sounded like monkeys, I I literally thought it was like a, a bunch of Sasquatch that were going to eat me. I was terrified. Um, I was standing alone on a bank fishing and it sounded off behind me. And I, when I tell you, I walked on water to get to the car. I was terrified. And I got back and my ex-husband, he was like, yeah, that was owls. And I was like, no, it wasn't. No, that was Bigfoot. I'm pretty sure because that was monkeys. And he's like, yeah, no, that was owls. And so I called my mom, of course. And she's like, yeah, that was owls. And I'm like, dang it. 
Okay. Yep. Not sure if that makes me feel any better or worse. Um, okay. We've got it. Sorry. We got a few questions here. Um, the Bigfoot atheist inquiry, Joe, Joe, uh, Mike, when do you think you will have time to come spend a few days out in the area again? August question mark. So, Joe, we will get out there very soon in August. We may not have to wait that long. Uh, Joe was nice enough to take me to a location that he had his sighting at, um, and getting in there and taking a look and his story, uh, you know, really resonated when we looked at the area, it was, you can see the game trails, you can see hidden, you know, just, it, it looked like a hunter's blind setup. Um, and for, he hadn't gone back. We were the first ones to get him back in there. And, uh, it was, it was truly, uh, awesome for us to be able to go and, and spend time with Joe in that location That's and to awesome. hear a description of what he saw and how close he was. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he's one that's reached out to the native community to get more information on mm -hmm. what's in our area. So. Yeah. Yeah, we have, you know, being in Oklahoma, um, we have uh, just so many tribes around here and, and just a lot of indigenous. And um, the connection with Bigfoot is, is there. I've heard it a lot, but unless you know somebody within the tribe that's you know, willing to speak with you. They're just very hush hush about it. Um, I know kind of a, a blanket story or, um, how they feel about Bigfoot, but that's about it. And, uh, yeah, but if he, if you can get some good information, it could really help your research and help your understanding of this, of this mystery. I, and if you go back to Robert Morgan's book, I mean, he goes in to check those areas close to where, you know, the reservations mm -hmm. were set up. Why were they mm -hmm. pushed and stuff like that? And if you look at the maps, they're right along those those border lines. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and then Chris Ramsey, Mike, what is different in New York Bigfoot to around the country? Anything special? I'm in the Oklahoma City area. So what's the difference between New York Bigfoot and around the country, different places that you've been? Chris, I, as Bigfoot itself, there's not much I've heard differently. I mean, the descriptions and color bases are a little different. Um, and uh, if you don't mind, learn if I can share a little trick on color in a few minutes, I'll I'll do that. But uh, it's, uh, it's the environment. It's folks taking a you know a northerner like me and when i got to go down and do my first trip to florida uh, i went out with a friend from naked and afraid and we went out there's three thousand acres of federal on one side and two thousand of state wildlife on the other and the only way in is by kayak and this particular river gets shut down you know at five o'clock mm -hmm. um but sitting out there and getting out and, you know, here I just jump out and start running around and you get the, oh, did you look for the pygmy rattlesnakes? Did you look for this creature? Did you look for that creature? <laughs> uh -huh. You know, and, and it's like, okay, so what's what's the food source? Um, mm -hmm. You know, now going out with Matt, he's done the same thing. What, what are you looking at? What, what's the environmental conditions? Mm -hmm. What's the, the color difference? I mean, it's so many different things that we look at. And now, you know, he's in Oklahoma and, and so are you, and you can say, Hey, I'm looking for something. And you know, well, what's the color? And I was just down with a witness just a couple of weeks ago. And it's like, Hey, you know, I saw it and it was a color gray. And I'm like, and then it was sort of Brown. And I'm like, okay, well, what's Brown to you? What's Brown to me is totally different. Mm -hmm. So what do I do? I send him to, all right. Green screen's <laughs> coming off. 
All right. Hold it in front of your face. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm ugly enough. We don't need to do that. All right. The visual Get rid of that failing. background. Yeah. So, so sorry. <laughs> oh, that's I, smart. I sent him out that's smart. to get color chips. So now yes. I can go to the local box store and yeah. I can get the exact color. Box store. Wow. Yeah. Good job not calling Air it Ace. by its brand name. I'm very yeah. proud of you. <laughs> but you can get the name brand, you know, because each yeah. of these are gray. Yeah. Absolutely. Which me is never so now. There's I can silvery gray. There's dark gray. There's gray and brown. There's like my hair. There's you know. <laughs> well, it's in here. That's why I got a haircut before the show tonight. But my headphones cover a lot of my roots. I'm very happy about that. As we say, we talk to different friends. We have different friends in the community. Mm-hmm. And we have different researchers. So now you can oh get my a gosh. huge paint samples. That's amazing. Of different colors. These are Pantone colors. Uh-huh. Matt from Central Florida sent this up to me and said, Mike, these are industrial standards, so we can go and pull those numbers. That's awesome. Now we can go back to our app mm-hmm. and go to Adobe um, Color Wheel, and we can actually pick the hex color. So if somebody sends you a picture, you can pull that color right off. That's but it's awesome. even better. Here's my new background. Oh so, like, when I sit with Joe and we do a presentation in a couple of weeks, he can point out what his Rasta look like yeah. and what the colors are. That's amazing. Yeah. That that really is a fantastic idea. I mean, imagine just interviewing a witness and they're like, you know, oh, it was definitely this one. And that'll help not only help you understand, but also help help them bring back more detail in their memory to share with you. Um, James, they would be different colors based on the, the species, but also the geography of where they're at. So like the picture behind Mike right now, you know, versus where I research in Southeast Oklahoma, Southeast Oklahoma, there's going to be more red. Um, It's red. There's tall trees, gray rocks, um, so obviously the Squatch, like any animal, they're going to kind of have an ad- adaptation to that area. Um, not always, um, you know, in Southeast Texas, we have big trees and it's real dark in there. And my mom, she has seen a big black one. She has seen a short red one with a beer gut or paunch. And, um, she has seen a, an old timer on her property now, a gray one. So in, in up here in Northeast, a lot of cinnamons, a lot of, mm-hmm. you know, darker blacks and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But if you look at the trees, like if, this is from down the street from me. I just got to say hello. Christy London's in there. That's yeah, my co-host. Hi, Christy. So. Uh, Thank you for letting me borrow Mike tonight. Yeah. <laughs> I dragged her on last night. So we weren't planning on going on, but we did a whole thing with DNA with Darby from uh, NC State. Uh, mm-hmm. NC in North Carolina University now. NC State. I want to be sure I got the right university. <laughs> but if you look at the, the trees and the gray and stuff in the back here, if I can get my finger here, well, I can see it from my side, of course, but we're that, that silverly, silverly brown, silver brown in a long day today. You know, that's what you're hearing, that color scheme. And, you know, that's, that's a big thing of how you sit, how you hunt. I mean, I know mm-hmm. that's something for you, how you get outside. Stand yeah. back, get behind one of those trees, even that one that's kind of over my shoulder here. Mm-hmm. You're back three, four foot from that you're going to hide pretty good if you're that yeah. color, you know. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting to see what's there. I mean, have you ever looked at gibbons and the color phases of gibbons? Mm-hmm. I haven't personally, but um, 
when you get, elaborate. When you, when, you get, when you get done and you take a look at the color phases of gibbons, gibbons are blonde, they're red, they're brown, mm -hmm. they're silver, they're black, and they have white. So all those colors that are described to us, you know, with the, the Sasquatch, the Bigfoot sightings, those color phases are in gibbons. Yeah. And they're they're pretty pretty obvious. Their head shapes and everything like that is is a way to go. So, yeah, Greg says, you know, the blonde Bigfoot, the blondie up there, you know, mm -hmm. and it's it's kind of interesting how that looks. So, I'm throwing your questions off. I'm sorry. No, you're good. <laughs> um, James Matson, he's from uh, around the Falk, Arkansas area, Texarkana area, awesome. and they I've actually had several reports given to me of a Bigfoot there um, that looks like an Irish, like a red Irish setter. Um, it's long, red, curly hair. Um, and that's what is typically reported there. So, I mean, in that area, it's a lot of red, you know, and yeah, boggy, boggy creekness. Yeah. And, and if you took that color phase and put it on black and mm -hmm. I don't have any clear tubing with me right now, oh, I don't think that'll work. Um, the clear on the black almost like you know the polar bear or something like that so mm -hmm. i had an earbud on my my shoulder yesterday and just the color phases that'll pick up yeah. from back so yeah that light lighter color will really be interesting how it goes absolutely um okay so let me see um do you want to go into your experiences? Um, have you had a sighting? So I have not had a sighting. Um, Same. You know, yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> I was with Steve Culls and a couple other folks. We were up in the Adirondacks. Uh, particular area was one of those areas that was clear cut back in the day when when logging was there. But they replanted, and it's that perfect rows that perfect right yeah setup. So I'm off about 25 foot from them. I'm at the wrong angle. I mean, I still got a 300 millimeter lens on my Nikon. I'm snapping shots. They're seeing some upright right there in front of them. I'm shooting away, but because of where I am, it's like like an MC Etcher kind of thing. You know, where like you can't get a straight shot. You move five feet, you can kind of see that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I've heard some screams in Pennsylvania. I've had rocks thrown at me twice now. Um, got hit in the head twice uh one evening leaning over the top of a car with steve he was working oh, to get a camera and it we're on the top of a mountain um he's had multiple sightings up there they pulled tracks from there um a couple of my other friends have had stuff up there but i'm leaning over the top like usual uh technology uh again why a lot of times i carry the older stuff you know mm -hmm. the old notebooks um gopro you know batteries die um, mm -hmm. you know, know your equipment you're out there, folks, make sure your timestamps and everything, you know, yeah. I always get on timestamp my stuff. Just something I always try to remember mm -hmm. when they're telling people, but skids across the car and hits me. I stop. I look up. Okay. Acorns, pine cones. Let's take all this stuff and get it out of there. And none of that stuff is there. And the next one comes skidding over. Then we get a handful around the side of the car. I get around the side of the car going for my thermal. By the time I got turned on, we heard some thumps and stuff like that. We heard some knocks and stuff before we got up there. That's something that goes in the book. Okay, where was it? What happened? You know, I've had some bluff charges. But again, what bluff charged me in the middle of the night where we were? It was I took a couple of, I uh, took a co-worker and her daughter to the woods. Her daughter was writing a paper on Bigfoot. And I'm like, okay, here's the thermal camera. Here's the thing. And like, what do you do when you fit? You know, you're fishing. You grab your phone. You start playing around. I'm standing on slate. 
something bluff charges, I slip, fall. Oh they scream, cameras go everywhere, yeah. flashlights. We went back the next day, and as we're walking through, and I think something's getting thrown at me. And uh, I love that man. <laughs> so, uh, and uh, I think it's something getting thrown at me. So I go charging in the woods after it. It's pine cones. Hmm. It's pine cones about this long. I've got video yeah. and stuff I share a lot of times. But those pine cones coming down through the trees sound like wood knocks. They sound like rocks yep. getting thrown at you. But then when they oh, hit yeah. the ground, you know, it's a it's a heavy hit. Um, you know, it sounds like something's walking out there. So it's, I mean, it's kind of crazy how some of that stuff happens once in a while. So, but I mean, that's it. You know, talking to people, you know, we've heard some screams with, with, with Christy and, and Ryan down in that Chautauqua Lake area. Um, you know, we found different sets of tracks. Now that's why I'm running 3D scanning apps on my phone instead of carrying 50 pounds of Denistone or, yeah. you know, cheap other things. And it's just, it's so much nicer having a 3D scanner on the phone. Yeah, I'll probably be getting a handheld 3D scanner because the new ones you don't have to have hooked into the computer anymore. Mm -hmm. So, so you're a big proponent of uh, work smarter, not harder with apps and technology. Yeah, I, I'm an app guy. I generally, oh, all right, green screen's gonna go tonight. So, <laughs> so uh, sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's just when you have everything that's green or black that blends in everything. Um, uh. I don't run much more than a sling bag. It's got, you know, in my water. It, That's my first aid here. kit. I have that same one. It's my first aid kit for yeah. my car. Uh, yeah. <laughs> don't get me going on first aid kits. We'll be here for hours. Um, oh, my gosh. That's but... my my whole life is first aid kits. They're my jam. So <laughs> I'm bad. Like, I have 15 first aid kits. Uh, I have my camping, my work one, my car one, my house one. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. There's my there's kid one. Four in the car. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't generally go much farther than this. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, even my evidence kits, I don't generally yeah. run much smaller. I mean, that's got tweezers, gloves, tape measure, good to go. We're Keep still it simple, masks. stupid. Yeah. Yep. I mean, little ones, just they slide yep. right in there. And it's light. It's easy. I mean, that's, that's my philosophy on carrying things, you know. Yeah. It, I've never really found the need to haul that much out with me. Um, I mean, if I find something that significant, maybe that'll change my tune. But for the few things that I found, I, you just, I just don't need, you know, to hike with a 50 pound sack unless I'm camping out there. Then yes, you know, I'll, I'll pack it oh. in. Most of it's food. Not going to lie. <laughs> I, I bring all my things. I'm a creature comfort person. Yeah. I'll sleep in a hammock over rocks. But I'm going to have my creamer for my coffee. That's just yep. how I am. <laughs> um, it, it, there's, a, there's a huge thing that, you know, my Jeep is loaded with what I need for the week or, or wherever we're going. Uh, there's usually duplicate duplicates of everything. Um, I'm actually putting a paper together for, for Dr. Meldrum right now that, you know, it, the redundancy of some stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, and what we have. And you, you're talking about your first aid kit and stuff like that. People are, how do I collect my evidence? Everything's in your first aid kit already. Mm -hmm. You got your mask, your glove, and your your tweezers that are sterile to pull them out. Yeah. You know, and I don't know about you guys, but mine comes with biohazard bags and all kinds of stuff in it. I mean, I have a suture removal kit, and so yep. the everything's sterile. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's it's crazy, you know. I mean, 
here's another simple thing. Karen Paracord with a ring on the end. Mm-hmm. I do I search for a search recovery diver for over 20 years. Mm-hmm. That's how we do circle searches. Oh, I lost something. We lost the track. No, you didn't lose the track. You found the track. You put an evidence flag in. It, look at your hold that up again. Look at that cute little thing. Look at that cute little thing. That is that Simple? takes nothing. You do not have to drop no, money on I mean nothing. If you do want to upgrade your evidence flags, Emily Fleur has an amazing line of things that you can invest in. However, if you are frugal, Mike's idea there is great. Popsicle sticks. I have a million of them because um I'm on the Mediterranean diet, and so sugar-free popsicles are how I live now. <laughs> so, so do you know where Emily's flags came from? Where? I don't know. They came from those. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's awesome! <laughs> look, look, look at the tag. Uh, she actually she gives me credit. Uh, Emily, you know, interviewed me a couple years ago. We do the Whitehall uh, Bigfoot mm-hmm. Con contest every year. Yeah. But carry the duct tape. Carry the pink carry a blue carry a yeah you can tag your field you can tape yourself up this is cordage oh, yeah those are tweezers um <laughs> but you still have your tent stake take your tent stake put it on there you can do a circle search you find yeah. your next thing put another flag down mm-hmm. it's that's how we go that's how we roll that's amazing so, i love it honestly so, it's keep it simple stupid it really yeah. is it's kiss and um I see all the things that some people carry, and I'm like, that's fabulous for you. But, you know. It's, it's getting out there, you know. Thank you, Joe, for coming in Thanks, tonight. brother. Yes, we'll <laughs> we'll talk tomorrow or the day after. But, yes, in the next two days or so, we'll talk. So, um, so have you found, getting back on, on track here, uh, actually just piggybacking off of your um, – your little evidence flags and such, have you found that your law enforcement background has contributed heavily to your research oh, methods? Oh, huge, huge, huge. Like I said, uh, search and rescue, big thing. Mm-hmm. UV lights, super, super huge for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I've got a thing working with Doug. It's the, which uh, it was originally the Sasquatch pink hair experiment. Right, yes. It, we had to change the name. It, it, it just, <laughs> it, yeah. you know, so it is the, it's the UV hair uh, collection uh, project where we're going through, we're actually collecting hair. We're, awesome. you know, set. So um, literally I ended up getting a hold of a uh, taxidermist. So I got some things in here, but how I record the data that we have. So I, you know, we always say put everything in a paper envelope. So literally, these are the paper envelopes with the slides that we've made up. We know where they're collected from, how we document things, how we put things together. Uh, apologize for the dogs tonight. They're a little, oh, you're good. Little, little noisy on there. But, you know, I'll go out with it. Plugged in here. <laughs> Digital microscope. It fits in the back of the car. Awesome. Yeah. Um, everything I use... I will actually, if I find a thing we're using in Bigfooting, be it thermal cameras or, or night vision, I may bring them back to the office. Or if I see mm-hmm. something that we can use, we're out there. You know, mm-hmm. how to collect, you know, teaching and, and using a lot of stuff, using different color phases. It's all stuff we do. I mean, like I said, yeah. the old UV light, be it this style, you know, mm-hmm. or the others. 
using different colors. It's, it's always been my way of trying to document the best thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you think about when you're going out there and what you're going to document, what's the time, what's the weather, what's the, the compass headings, GPS coordinates. It's so important to have that data. Um, I build a lot of, uh, different databases and stuff mm-hmm. um, for some community programs I've done over the years. And, and, and I use it for, for this as well is, is a fill in form. Right. Um, it's, it's crazy. There, there's, a, there's a, there's a rolling toolbox. That's my Bigfoot mm-hmm. equipment stuff. Uh-huh. Like literally the, the tech stuff is here. So like cameras, thermal, that all lockable stuff. Yeah. Then I have a whole field set up. Right. Um, but like I said, I'm working on the project with, with Doug right now. So having some of this stuff right here, because I've got to put a lot of things together. Yeah. Um, but, it, thank, but it's yeah. there. So appreciate thank you. Thank you, Christy, for coming Christy, out. Thank you. Um, um, just so everyone knows, I'm trying something new tonight. I have the chat up on the screen because usually I have a bunch of great people in the chat who make my guest and I laugh quite a bit. Um, so I have the chat up on the screen so that you guys can see what we're chuckling at in real time. Like, um, (laughs) like the comment, I love that Mike is just sitting there with his gear piled up all around him. And yeah, I love it too. He's just like, oh, and this and holds up a microscope. But but it's, (laughs) it's, it's the redundancy that I, that I keep. I mean, it's, 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 it's where I'm a flashlight snob, but I mean, literally to, to run next door to the dollar general and mm-hmm. grab some paper bags yeah. you know um i mean and that's just it i can reach in here now that bare hair that we've got i've got porcupine hair that's in you know again it's, it's what we've got and how you document things is so important like i said there's porcupine hair where we got it joe was with me when we collected this we used the uv light to find it it was a crazy carcass um it's it's having those amazing amazing things best rechargeable spotlight i what do i got um i've got some cat rechargeable spotlights that uh yeah that can be used yeah they're they're yellow and green they're those are out in the in the car um you're gonna have to make him move this interview to his car james how dare you Okay. What <laughs> flashlights right. am I using right now? Right now, what did I bring in with me tonight? I have a couple of cheapies floating around. I feel bad because I'm looking around my desk and I have night color stickers and candy and a portable so, Wi-Fi. <laughs> like, no gear. This is this is my studio research area. My knife shop is all mm-hmm. in this small area yeah um so i'm running some night cores right now so i have two different night core flashlights and these are broad spectrum so it's not giving me a seizure but these are reds greens purples blues (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah he's giving me a hard time about gear you want to talk gear and you want video gear Joe and Jesse have it all. Yeah. I mean, we started looking for night vision cameras to use 
and they started using psionics. Luckily, my research partner knew a distributor, so we got one of those things after they'd been using them for a while. Oh, yeah. Hands down, the coolest thing, because they're a little teeny tiny. They're If you needed a weapons mount them, you can weapon mount them. You can helmet mount them. Um, but they're an enhanced color night vision. Instead mm -hmm. of carrying, you know, the 1980s... <laughs> Russian night vision. The yeah. only reason this is here is because I use it as an example all the time. Uh -huh. This is one of the old green phosphorus ones that if I were to open it up around any of these lights, it would be done. Yeah. Yeah. Something I didn't realize when I went on my first expedition with some people that never used tech. Yeah, I don't hand out tech much anymore. Good plan. Unless it's, um, well, it's like Matter Joe or something like that. Thermals. You yeah. Know, it's a big thing in my uh, Nightcore, like I said, these are the ones I'm running. Um, this one I bought at Walmart for 20 bucks, and it's got a blood tracker in it. Um, nice. And it's like 500 lumens. Um, and this one's, who's this one? This is Mossy Oak. But yeah, Walmart's it, up their gear game, I'm not going to lie. But the UV light that's on this, the, the projection and everything, I mean, you guys are down in the south, you know, how many you know, bugs you're looking for, how many pieces of different um, uh, bio, what am I looking for? Biofauna that's out there, that you're, mm -hmm. the plants, your your molds, your, I mean, you can just, the light, uh, the night underneath UV light mm -hmm. is a total different thing. And, you know, where you're looking for the lichens or this, it's, yeah. So yeah. flashlights, yeah, there's way too many flashlights. Coast is a new one I'm running. Yeah, the Coast Rechargeables. I mean, they're reasonably priced. I don't want to hear anything about my backpacks. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> oh, it, it gets worse. So I I have one of these. That's a, this is my night runner. Mm -hmm. um, that's, and and I, I also, the, the vest is out in the car. I, I actually run a, uh, a, a, a camera vest. It's, it's, mm -hmm. a, it's a vest, but it's got like a... a pivot point on it so i can lock yeah. my cameras that way if nice. i need my hands free yeah like when we've stumbled across bear and other things at night i can get mm -hmm. the other items on my person yeah yeah the other safety <laughs> stuff um yeah but it's nice if i gotta run or i gotta rappel down something you know mm -hmm. or your friend falls you're not losing a three thousand dollar camera or more that's um, a good good plan you know good or, plan there yeah so yeah. <laughs> It, it, it's there. There's there's one too many flashlights. If I see a flashlight, I just kind of mm -hmm. yeah. I do that walking by backpacks and office supplies apparently, and plants. Yeah, I, I, I have, have a lot. Um, also headlamps. Oh, we're not going to go there. Uh huh. Um, yeah. Headlamps. He, um, I have and and knives. Oh, we're not. We're, and we're, really, like anything, I'm like, but I can use it to find Bigfoot. This could be, this pin could be the game changer. You don't know. And that's what I apply to back, my backpacks. So it's, it's a great, um, it's a yeah. great plan. I stand by it. Um, yeah, most everything's rechargeable now. There's very few things. Like I bought a headlamp recently because mine, the, it's one of the adjustables and I've had yep. it forever. I found it at Walmart a million years ago because I forgot to pack a headlamp. And so I had to run into town and get one. And I had it for years because it was freaking amazing. Like that thing was awesome. And the pivot gave out on it. So I had to go get another one and it takes batteries. And I was like, 
what what is the what in the 90s just what but so i have a thing about that so mm -hmm. i have a, a few thermal cameras um the new one the big monster that i'm running is <laughs> What <laughs> I don't use purses. I have like a fanny pack that I use as a sling bag. I have my, my, uh, yeah, I, I have a little bitty backpack and I have a big backpack and I have an Osprey and I have my tactical bags. And <laughs> Oh, do you know about Squatch Revival gear? No. Oh boy. Don't introduce me. I'm already oh, I, I got to introduce you to Chris. You'd love to talk to Chris. Chris had a sighting on a military grade thermal camera. Oh my gosh! So goals. Yeah, he, he yeah, and he goals. He does all cryptid um, backpacks. Gear. Oh. Yeah, yeah. It it great packs. Um, I'm waiting for his sling bag to come out because, like I said, that's so I yeah. bust his chops about once a week. That I, I yeah, I need one of those. Yeah. Um, Promo but, uh, for sponsorship. Um, yeah. Jamie King, hello. Tell Jenny I said hi. I love you both very much amazing people. Um, he said, I feel like I'm constantly charging everything. Yes. Before I go out for a weekend of research, literally every plug in my house has, has, you know, charging everything that, yeah, that's, I mean, this was <laughs> the best investment. So like I said, I bought this very expensive thermal camera, but it's integrated battery. Mm -hmm. You're out in the woods for a while. It's done. Yeah. I also have a baby brother, a prior version of it, um, that runs on lithium batteries, but it also runs on AA mm -hmm. alkaline batteries. So if I'm driving by a, a Stop and Rob or you know 7-Eleven, and uh, I can stop and pick those batteries up, and I'm good to go. Yeah. I'm not worried about, oh, is this charged? Is that charged? And that's something I, I always saw that with folks with their chargeable stuff, that's what dies. I, you yeah. know, that night that I had the rocks thrown, my camera, you know, went down um, where I started running extra battery. And again, those batteries stink, you know, so having more yeah. batteries is just you're giving off more scent. Mm -hmm. If the bear happened to like those cheap alkaline batteries you have, um, maybe <laughs> a tasty meal. Definitely. Um, OK, I was going to ask, what does field research look like for you? So we will take a look at the map ahead of time. Uh, we will start looking at the biodiversity in the area. Um, you know, after talking to Shane and those guys up in the OP, you know, what they've seen with the nesting things, our area is kind of similar in geography. Um, so instead of the salmon streams that they have up there, we've got trout streams. Um, so looking at those, those different areas and again, having, folks that have built um biomaps for different species and finding some lost species in my group kind of makes things a little like it's an educational thing for me mm -hmm. um planning our rollout what bags we're going to take and what time of the day we're going to go so i generally run one day bag that has my nikon in it or my lumix so i have that that fresh light and then i'm running a couple grabbing my other thermal cameras and a recorder so I can make sure things are documented. Um, I'm documenting verbally as I'm going along and paper. Um, and we're picking a location. Uh, sometimes we'll pick a location 
related to sightings and using some of the sighting maps that are out there, um, looking for old newspaper articles, or it might come down to, hey, this looks like a great area for X, Y, and Z. We're driving down the road. We're seeing a lot of good game trails. We know there's salmon run, or we've had nights where we've gone out. It's uh, breeding season for newts, or snakes are coming out. You know, we know those animals are in those areas. We'll hit those areas. We'll look for a food source. Um, and then we'll set up. There's nights that it's go out and have a conversation about nature and mm-hmm. story and, and, and sit there by the campfire. Mm-hmm. Or it's boots on the ground, or it's a lot of work. Sometimes it's road work. So yeah. along with my two monoculars, I've also got a seek that's mounted to the side of my buddy's truck mm-hmm. that we'll drive down the road with and yeah. use that as, as a mobile unit. Um, and then when we find a spot, he's got one thermal on one side, and there's usually two on the other side, depending on which yeah. one of us is driving. Yeah. So it's always a lot of tech. So um, that's awesome. Excuse me one sec. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that was my call. Yep. Oh, sorry. Yep. They, <laughs> no, I just had to let them know they could take the dogs out. Uh, sorry oh, about good. that. <laughs> it's all good. Um, yeah. See, and we kind of do the opposite. Like we'll stick a recorder out, but we, we, unless I go with other groups that use a lot of tech, um, you know, for the most part, I don't. Um, I kind of just do, uh, we go hike during the day, um, go out, see what, what we have out there, what could support a species like that, see if we see any sign, all of that. Um, obviously leave our scent there. And then um, we come back to camp and we hang out, but we also keep keep an ear and an eye out and just kind of sit where we can see over each other's shoulders and we hang out and, but we have audio recorders going uh, the whole time. Um, but for the most part, we don't do a lot of tech. So we do the opposite. And like you said earlier, you know, different people researching different ways, um, you know, trying what works for them. So when I work with the, the Nestor folks, we have our, I joke about being our cook camp because he is a professional chef, mm-hmm. but Chuck will set up a table. That's the weather station. That's the log book. That's the compass. He's there during the day. That's where we're doing our, our, our runouts from, from there. And if we're hearing stuff, we're calling back to camp and he's documenting all that stuff. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Back Love into it. things. Um, but yeah, a lot of times you really don't want to hit those areas during the day because you want to know what's there. Uh, the reason I like using some of the tech is the, some of the animals I've never seen before the porcupine, mm-hmm. the bear and stuff like that. Yeah. I, I spent 10 minutes on the thermal watching a bear one night. It, mm-hmm. and it was just a, a, a an amazing thing. I knew they were in the area. I had never seen them. And now I'm sitting there for, you know, 10 minutes on thermal. Um, and then when we went back the next day, we were basically in a bear litter box. Mm-hmm. Um, so be able to get those samples. But that right. first shot with the thermal, it looked like a man standing up by the tree. But we knew yeah. after sitting there, it was... It was bear. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, okay, real quick, before we have to jump off here, um, real quick, let's get, uh, if you want to tell me about your other podcast, your podcast that you do. So Where's My Sage? Uh, I do with Christy London. Uh, Christy is a psychic medium. She kind of handles the the ghost end of things. Mm-hmm. Um, she was on uh, an episode of Destination Fear. She does a lot of research, uh, ghost stuff, investigations up in the Niagara Falls area. Um, so I met her through a paranormal investigation because I was 
with a, a paranormal group kind of got dragged in through the Bigfoot community. Um, so we decided we wanted to talk about our journey. We're both uh, energy healers. Um, mm-hmm. We're both Reiki masters. Um, so uh, I've also got a background in martial arts. So we wanted to talk about energy. And, and again, we have friends in the Bigfoot community, in the paranormal community, energy healers. Um, I'm a knife maker and did martial arts instruction. So I have a lot of friends in the survival community that do naked and afraid. Mm-hmm. So we've talked to everything from, you know, folks from like Jet Tila from the Food Network and about his journey in life um, to our friends on Naked and Afraid. Um, we've got a, a whole bunch of groups that we just tried to bring everybody together um, yeah. last night. You know, we talked, we talked Psy last night. We talked DNA with a, a professor from NC State that's doing a Darby all cut. Uh, here's somebody you want to talk to this week. They've got the DNA study. And if mm-hmm. you got hair, they're not charging to look at the hair. Oh, that's awesome. So yeah, that's, and it's all sponsored by the, by the university. Mm-hmm. It's, we're there. Where's my sages really get that? Get your, get you off the couch, get you out there. And then Christy does readings, you know? That's so. awesome. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, when I first saw the podcast, um, I just saw the name. I obviously didn't know that you were connected to it. And I was just like, that's the best freaking name ever for a podcast. I was I was really jealous at the time, but also very supportive. Um, but it oh. just it just it for 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 me, it resonated because of the amount of times that I've been out in the woods. Um, and people think you go out to the woods, there's Bigfoot, there's mountain lions, there's meth heads, whatever. But those aren't the only things in the woods, you know, there, there can be other things that can affect you, um, affect your energy and affect the experience that you have, especially if you're sensitive to it, like we are. And so, um, it just, it made me laugh when I saw it. I was just like, that's the best name ever because I literally ask that all the damn time. Where's my sage? Like I need it now. (laughs) It's it it, it, it truly is a taste of the universe. Um, You know, when you think about things, yeah, you could have your sage spray Mm -hmm. or you could be looking for that sage. You could be looking for that, you know, that shaman to talk to. You could be talking to that, that Kung Fu master, Mm -hmm. that yogi. You're, You're not, Again, what are we doing now? Anthropology or archaeology or biology. We're talking to that sage person. Yeah. You and your mom have been doing this for years. Mm-hmm. I look towards you for more stuff, stuff that I've missed. Right. You know, it, it, it's our journey. It's our it's our path in life. And mm-hmm. I, I joke with people all the time that I'm a stepping stone in people's lives because I come in generally into somebody's lives when they're about to make a next step into something big. Right. Um, I'm always there. They can fall back on, but it's always a step. And that's kind of mm-hmm. where we see where's my sage is. We're there to help you make your next step, to take that adventure, to open your eyes, to, to expand. Right. So, and, and again, with the Bigfoot stuff, if I can get a kid to learn how to do first aid. Absolutely. And collect some DNA. Hey, great. That's actually, I give a presentation. It's called Little Footers, the Next Generation. Yeah. And it's about us as Bigfoot researchers training the next generation and training them right, training them safely, training them to get outside, get into nature, take in their surroundings and do the data part, collect data, collect evidence, you know, um, pay attention to the flora and fauna of their areas. And um, I do a whole presentation on that. And also a lot of it is 
uh, be aware of your surroundings. Um, be be safe. Don't get yourself into situations that are going to cause a problem for you. Um, just situational awareness is a huge thing that I push. And I'm like, whether you're walking across Walmart parking lot, walking through Walmart, or you're out in the woods, you know. Um, but I think that we have, it's kind of our responsibility to train not only little kids. I, I always say the next generation of researchers, I said, this is not just kids. This is teenagers. This is grown adults who are interested in this topic. Let's teach them how to do it right rather than saying, oh, you have a blob squatch. That's just, you know, that's not what we do here and all of that. You know, teach them, guide them. Yeah. Um, they d You started out in this. You didn't know a Bigfoot from a cow. Like, let's, so let's teach them. Let's teach them how to do this, how to do it right uh, so that they don't give you blob squatch pictures and yeah, you know. <laughs> and, and that's just it. I, I've tried to associate myself with some folks that can help educate me on that. Kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. It's, it's it, where we go. You know? But I love that you're expanding the mental horizons with your podcast. That, you know, to me, um, we need more of that, definitely, because I feel like sometimes we get the tunnel vision and narrow minded a little bit to where um, I always say this to people. I always say, um, it's kind of like a detective when they get tunnel vision and like, that's the suspect and that's the only one you might miss clues to the actual suspect. Well, this, yeah. the, this is the same thing. You have to be open to other things or just be open to different ways of researching like you're doing. Um, expand your mental horizons, experience the universe. That's yep. your tagline. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. I love it. Um, so you guys can find Where's My Sage podcast. Where's My Sage? <sighs> Sorry. It's okay. It's Where's My Sage, A Taste of the Universe. A but... Taste of the Universe. I always say telling of the universe, and I, don't, I know that's not right. A Taste of the Universe. You guys can find that on Facebook and Instagram to follow them. And then uh, if you do that, they also give promos of what their shows are going to be on YouTube. So. Yep, and you can also find us on Spreaker, Spotify, you know, all the, the all pod. the podcast so, platforms. Yeah, I, Twitter occasionally if I get bored, you know. Yeah, so if you guys are into that, it sounds like it's up your alley. Go like, subscribe, follow, give them a thumbs up. Um, I know quite a few of my listeners would definitely uh, be into that. They they have expanded mental horizons, which I love. So, um, and if you're not, then go follow Tactical Bigfoot on Facebook and uh, Instagram and all the things too, because. As you can see, Mike is an amazing source in the Bigfoot research community. So I appreciate that. I Absolutely. appreciate you having me on too. Because... Absolutely. I think I'm going to have to have a part two show. because I feel like we didn't get into quite a few different things that we start, you know, talked about getting into. So uh, we'll definitely have to have a part two. And uh, I will, you know, I, I definitely appreciate having you coming on tonight. <laughs> ah, oh. Christy's no, back no, just back. in time. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for coming on tonight, thank Mike. You. And again, like I said, we're going to have to have a part two for sure. Um, you guys go ahead and give him a big thumbs up because he has been an amazing guest. And don't forget to go check out Tactical Bigfoot and Where's My Sage podcast on whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. So, all right. Thank, thank you. you again for coming on and you have a great night and Keep doing what you're doing because you're you're pretty awesome. Like I've I've really enjoyed this show. I appreciate being here. I love this show. You know, it's one of the ones that's in my my listen to. So I <laughs> yeah. It.
All right. Thank you so much. All right. Good night, everybody. Thank you all for being here. Um, just go ahead and hit that notification bell. You guys follow me on Instagram and Facebook. You guys know that I will post the shows there when I'm about to have them. Um, if y'all want to reach out to me and find out when there's going to be another show, I'm happy to uh, connect with you and let you know. Also, we are doing archive shows on the off weeks. So Night Colors has been going for over a decade now. We have over 300 shows. We have gone back to the very beginning when we were on Blog Talk Radio, and we are putting those shows on YouTube now. Um, the audio, it's awful. Sometimes we talk all over each other. It was all done over the telephone back then, you guys. So have some patience. There is amazing information to be had in these old shows. We have the greats on these old shows, some that aren't with us anymore. So go check them out. Let me know if there's a guest on there who is still with us, as we are not a paranormal show and not able to talk to them if they're not. If there's a guest out there you guys want to have on the current show. Okay, good night, everybody, and stay safe, be kind, and I'll see y'all next time.